Welcome to a new episode of Land Grant Holy Land in Conversation. My name is Matt Tamanini. On this podcast, we talk to people in and around Ohio State athletics and the sporting world at large to bring you a different insight and perspective to the teams, athletes, and university that you love. On today's episode, I'm in conversation with the only person that I wanted to talk to today after some big news dropped on the social media. This will also be an Ask LGHL edition of the podcast, so I had to turn to the foremost expert in the content we're going to talk about today. I am joined by the one and only Matt Brown, or I guess not the one and only, since there are multiple Matt Browns covering college sports, but um, this is the Matt Brown that you know from his time here at Land Grant Holy Land and SB Nation, who's now the publisher of the Extra Points newsletter and a member of the D1 Ticker family. Matt, welcome back to the podcast that you built. <laughs> Thanks. It's always, always fun to be on here again. So we are talking, obviously, about the Big Ten announcing its media rights deal starting in 2023. It is being reported that it is worth north of $7 billion, upwards of, I think, 7.5 is the number that the Wall Street Journal is quoting uh, over a seven-year period. And it will be the first time in my lifetime that the Big Ten will not have a component of its games broadcast on the ESPN family of networks. Instead, it will stick with Fox, which has been a big part of the Big Ten media rights deals for a long time since the advent of the Big Ten network. But they will now be moving games beginning next year to both CBS and NBC, as well as their streaming services, Paramount Plus and Peacock. We knew a lot of the broad strokes of this deal, Matt, for a while as it's been reported and leaked over the past few weeks. But as we got the official announcement from the Big Ten on Thursday morning, was there anything specifically that stood out to you that was a bit of a surprise based off all the reporting we'd already heard coming into this? There were two things that I did not entirely expect when this was announced. One of those is the fact that the Big Ten football championship will uh, mm-hmm. cycle throughout all three different partners. I had assumed uh, that it would remain an exclusive Fox property and that uh, basketball or, or, or other postseason events would, would perhaps go on CBS. There are going to be years when the Big Ten championship game is on NBC, because that's a thing that that, that you care about, right? Um, the other surprising thing here was the extent that Big Ten basketball, both men's and women's, will be moving to Peacock. Um, the, the idea that there was going to be a streaming component to this and that, that it was going to take up a lot of basketball was pretty has been pretty apparent over the last couple of weeks. Fox does not have the inventory space to absorb as much Big Ten basketball. They already have commitments with Big East basketball. They don't own four other linear channels like ESPN does. And they also have other obligations, whether that's postseason baseball, whether that's wrestling or, or and, and other things with the kids. There's not just an entirely college network. Um, But previously, if you're a Big Ten fan, you almost never had to pay to watch a football game. Um, They were were going to be on BTN. They were going to, they were, you know, maybe maybe some local thing. The Big Ten football game was not on ESPN+. Um, And if it was, it would be an extremely rare occurrence or because there was a cancellation somewhere else. Now there's going to be exclusive games on Peacock. So um, it is probable that Ohio State will be playing a game on Peacock, a football game on Peacock, at least once every other year. Um, If you're Indiana, maybe every year. Um, And and so that's something you're going to have to reckon with. And you are definitely going to have to pay to watch men's and women's basketball, not just the uh, early November, the mid-November games when Ohio State's playing UTRGV and Cal State Hawaii and, you know, some some made up uh, Southern Bible College, but Big Ten games, you know, Ohio State, Minnesota on a Thursday night. 
will be, could be an exclusive Peacock event. So if you already have Peacock, if you're a big EPL guy, um, that's maybe that's not that big of a deal. But if you're not used to having to pay extra money for stuff, you are definitely going to have to do that if you want the full Big Ten experience through over the course of this deal. I don't think I appreciated how much that would be the case. And this does not mean that anything is going to change from that Big Ten network side of the deal. Those games that were on BTN will still be there. This is mostly going to be coming or exclusively coming from what had previously been ESPN inventory. So there's already been this divide. Um, So that's where those games are going to be moving from ESPN, ESPN2, even ESPNU over to presumably mostly on Peacock with some FS1 and maybe FS2 mixed in as well. I think you're going to see a couple of games that might have previously been on BTN end up on Peacock. Mm-hmm. I, I don't have the exact sheet in front of me here, but I want to say that they're they're committing to over 30 conference. Uh, well, you know, over it's, it's, it's 47 the, total, I believe. And, yeah. yeah, and like it's, it's I think it was 32. Something. I think it was 32 um, conference and 15 non-conference. Yeah, so if you're going to have 32 conference games. Uh, on, on this network, presumably some of them are going to be the ones that would previously be on BTN. The the other thing here to think about is that BTN, you know, ha- it has BTN plus, but BTN would also absorb and broadcast Olympic sports. Um, and this is something I've heard from volleyball coaches and I've heard from softball coaches as a uh, as a as a major plus, right? BTN is is pretty easily accessible yeah. most places in in, in the country. Uh, the production values are pretty good. The studio shows are pretty good, uh, and and you, and you can get those things. If they if if stuff that used to be on linear has to go to BTN, some stuff that was on BTN will end up on either BTN Plus or Peacock. Um, and I, I think an important question, and I imagine we're going to get to this here too, is what will happen to the linear television opportunities for other Olympic sports? So, yeah. like as an example. I believe for this coming volleyball season, the bulk of the inventory is going to be on BTN. And some of that's going to be on BTN plus two, if you want to watch some of these uh, lower profile non-conference games. But there are a handful of games, not many, but a handful on FS1, on ESPN2, and ESPNU, where you particularly major non-conference volleyball events. And even if we're looking at, you know, six linear uh, games over the course of the whole season on the ESPN and Fox family of networks, that's a big deal. Uh, for volleyball coaches because that's something that most other leagues don't have so it's a significant recruiting advantage and i'm also told uh, it's easier to get some espn or or sometimes um, other channels internationally than it was for btn and that's Mm -hmm. a that's an important point for olympic sports because a lot of those rosters don't come from the united states you know most big 10 volleyball rosters have a handful of european or or south american women on them swim teams uh or or tennis programs are routinely very internationally heavy so if you lose a couple of those is that something that the typical fan is going to really get too uh bent out of shape over probably not but that is something that would that would matter to coaches and you would have to hope that uh the increased revenue offsets that loss. Like, okay, you're not going to be on ESPNU for two games a season, but now maybe you have enough money to hire Adobo. We'll see if that actually happens. Yeah. Uh, and as we were talking, uh, The Athletic reported that the deal is worth north of $8 billion over seven years. And there's different structures in there. CBS is paying out lesser uh, a lesser amount in year one because it will also still have SEC games. So it is having a smaller inventory of Big Ten games in 2023 that will go up in 2024 with the additions of 
uh, UCLA and USC as well coming into the mix. Um, and I know you're going to be writing about in tomorrow's or on Friday's Extra Points newsletter. You're going to be writing about some of that, uh, that Olympic sports stuff as well in the newsletter, right? Yeah, that, that that that's going to be part of it. I've been talking with uh, uh, some some dobos and some ads and some people, and also outside of the the Big Ten to analyze this deal. But but yes, you know so, some of this will be elaborated on on extra points MB uh, first thing Friday morning. Great. Well, let's get back into the football a little bit of it. I know that for a lot of fans, and I don't subscribe to this at, at all because I've always kind of thought that the tinfoil hatness of this conspiracy theory was a bit much for me. But there's a lot of people that thought that ESPN hated the Big Ten, hated Ohio State. Uh, they have gotten their wish as uh, the Big Ten will no longer have the bulk of their games. They can still have non-conference games on uh, on ESPN and the family of networks through deals with you know whatever other schools they're playing against. But now that the conference no longer has a presence on ESPN. Similar to what you were talking about with the Olympic sports, there is to me a disadvantage to not being there, not because of narrative, not because of college football playoff, you know, implications or driving, you know, the, the conversation that way, but just the easy discoverability, the stumbling across things on ESPN on college football Saturdays. And even, uh, you know, during basketball season going over to ESPN or ESPN two, it's just a normal thing for a casual sports fan that wants to watch a game. You don't have that discoverability when you were on uh, maybe CBS or NBC and you're just hoping that people know to go there to check that out. How much of an impact do you think this has for the conference, for visibility, if any at all? Or is that kind of blown out of proportion since they are moving from a predominantly cable network to traditional broadcast, even if the the impact of broadcast is eroding on a seemingly daily basis. Yeah, this is this is the huge question, right? You know, I, I had written about this, and this is something that I know that that coaches uh, care about. One of the things that ESPN has that the other partners really don't is the ability to uh, support their broadcasts with deep exposure on every other media channel. So ESPN doesn't just broadcast like a jillion college sports uh, events; they have uh, one of the two largest newsrooms dedicated to college sports. So they are they are doing reporting and they are writing stuff across the internet that's going to get aggregated everywhere on the internet every single day. They have shoulder programming to support college athletics, not just on television, but also on ESPN radio, on ESPN podcasts, and through the rest of the extended Disney ABC extended universe. Like you'll, you'll hear ads for ESPN's college broadcast on their professional broadcast or in, everywhere else in this world. NBC does not have that. Um, there was a time, um, and I don't care if this gets me in trouble. Hopefully, it doesn't get you guys in trouble. Like there was a time when I worked for you guys that um, NBC hoped that SB Nation would, would, would provide some of that, and that's not really a thing um, anymore. Um, Fox has, I think, like one college sports writer, um, and, uh, and and laid off most of those people. And and there, if you go to the foxsports.com and, and most of that coverage is repackaging Colin Cowherd, repackaging debate shows, and like one guy. Um, they don't have the print and radio and extended universe. CBS does, um, not to the extent that ESPN does, but they have a news team and they they you know they have Westwood One and, and they they have this world. So that is always the risk that you could make more money potentially moving away from ESPN, but you lose access to that uh, extended universe to support your stuff. The example that people point to is how, you know, what happened to the NHL 
when when they left ESPN and and the ESPN universe kind of just ignored hockey for a decade. And and the conventional wisdom is that that hurts the sport. I, I think it's you can't draw an apples to apples comparison here because the Big Ten Big Ten football is more popular than the NHL, and the media landscape has changed. Uh, in 2023 compared to 2004 or you know or whenever whenever that happened so i think espn stranglehold has already declined a little bit but but that is a real risk and these are things you have to think about here uh, it's probably going to make sense financially for the big 10 i mean that, that that's why they did it does it help is is it in the best interest of you as a fan i mean that depends on your consuming habits that depends on i think on where you're located um i don't know if it's an automatic slam dunk full disclosure for listeners and you might not even know this my full-time job is covering streaming services so i work for an outlet that covers streaming Mm -hmm. services so having components of the deal on peacock and on paramount plus i believe that it wasn't very clear from the release but it, it seems like the paramount plus aspect is only going to be at the highest tier and it's just going to be games that are already broadcast on yep. CBS. So that's, that's not right. an there's exclusive no, no, thing. Yeah, there's no exclusive Paramount Plus live programming. Right. But over on Peacock, and, and again, unless uh, NBC Universal has released a statement on this or a press release on this, I'm not 100% sure if it's going to be on their premium tier or on their premium plus tier, which the premium tier is 5 bucks a month. The premium plus tier is, is, is 10 bucks a month, depending on whether you have comcast or cox cable you can get a discount of that um if you if it's on the lower tier you actually get it for free if you do have comcast or or cox so there is something about this discoverability both on linear channels but also on streaming like no longer are you going to be able to flip through and find a kooky I don't know, Illinois, Nebraska game and stumble across it, realize it's on, it's like a 65 to 62 game in the third quarter. And, and, and just watch, you might be alerted to that on social media and you flip over to it. But I, I think that there's a lot mixed into this equation about the casual nature that a lot of people watch college football. They love college football. They tune in, they watch all day, but they flip back and forth between channels. I think there is an element of that that's going to be lost because of these deals moving away from ESPN and the traditional networks that people often go to on a, just a conventional college football Saturday when their specific team isn't playing. It's it's possible. You know, I've talked to a lot of low major conferences and ADs that told me, this was why we went with ESPN Plus for our streaming rights, even though they weren't the top bidder. You know, CBS has been really aggressive in trying to secure mid-major basketball rights, and they've mostly come up empty over the last two years. And uh, part of that is, you know, ADs have told me and commissioners have told me nobody gets fired for doing a deal with with ESPN. In part for for this exact thing. Now, I've had uh, prof- uh, industry professionals outside of uh, of athletics and, and people on the on the acad- academic side that have said, I, I, I think that um, that that impact is, is overblown a little bit. Um, but we'll 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 have to see whether whether the the data actually uh, supports it. Um, it is something that is is is, a, is administrators are aware of. Well, we will see. And I I think that obviously the Big Ten has weighed this very carefully. And I, I have to believe that this is more than just about the money. I think Kevin Warren's experience working in the NFL has kind of shown how the spreading out of media rights is actually beneficial. You notice with all of these conversations around the NFL is they're on 
pretty much every network, every major streamer, multiple streamers now, YouTube, Amazon Prime Video, and Apple are all bidding for rights, and they divvy out their rights accordingly. And it seems like that was a lesson that Kevin Warren learned fairly well during his time in the NFL, and it it seems like that has come into play as part of this deal. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'll wrap this up. I don't want to take too much more of your time, but there are a couple things that I think are interesting to fans. First off, what are your thoughts about the iconic CBS College football music now being associated with Big Ten games? <laughs> it gives me... It gives me pause, Matt. It gives me pause. No, I um, I think it's pretty cool. I'm I'm, I'm glad that they're there. I'm glad that they're keeping the song. I'm glad I, it's gonna. Uh, what I'm more interested in is how they're gonna how they're gonna keep the announcers. Oh, it's God. gonna give Big Ten fans a lot of whiplash. That was after, gonna be that was gonna be my next after question. everything that you've said about Gary Danielson on the internet that everybody could see here for the last you know, 10 years. And now he's going to be covering a Purdue Michigan game. Uh, that, that will be deeply funny. Uh, I, I gotta be honest. I typically watch these games on mute because in my office, I usually yeah. have two going on at once or I'm doing something else at the same time, especially now that I've transitioned into a more trade journal kind of role. So yeah. I don't have the same personal attachment, but I can understand why the first, the first time somebody hears that sound and it pans to Penn state, how it's going to give people some heart attacks. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate what CBS has done for the SEC because those broadcasts are a lot of fun. But man, there's just something triggering about that promo video they released with, you know, the horseshoe underneath that music. It's going to take some time getting used to. And I'm old enough to remember the last time Gary Danielson called Big Ten Games. I wasn't a fan of it then. And that was before this whole transition to uh, the SEC Homer, despite his deep Big Ten roots. Um, that'll be that'll be problematic for me for a while, but hopefully uh, that won't be too long lasting. But just to kind of wrap it up, what are your overall th- thoughts and, and things that you might be looking forward to that might that could be different from what Big Ten fans, whether that's football, basketball, Olympic sports, um, you know, that they haven't seen with these past deals? Is there something, whether it's in broadcast or opportunities, that you say, you know what, this is one of those things that I'm excited about that might be under the radar that fans aren't really thinking about right now, but down the road, this could end up being one of the fringe benefits of this deal that ends up making it a really exciting opportunity, specifically for fans, uh, but also schools as well. Yeah, to be honest with you, like... The big winner here are schools. Um, The schools are going to be making a gajillion dollars. And on the net, I think this is probably worse for most fans. For no other reason that you're going to have to pay money for something that you didn't have to pay money for before. Uh, And and, and, and by watching more games on streaming, um, you're going to experience latency. You're going to be a a little bit behind the live broadcast in in a way that that's why I still have cable. Exactly. And why you would be surprised how many college football professionals still have cable. The, the 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 biggest question for me that remains, what are they going to do with the money? 
right? Like I don't really care. And it's part of my job to care whether this deal is six or seven or $8 billion. Um, you, the fan, do not get a dividend check for this. I mean, we and should. Ohio State was already rich. Uh, the Big Ten was already rich. And in terms of being able to start new sports, that has basically not happened outside of uh, the threat of lawsuit. Uh, in terms of being able to, to pay competitively for coaches, the Big Ten's already been at the forefront for that. They've already been at the forefront for, for staff sizes. So this is the question, like, what else is there left to buy? Um, and I have not yet heard any administrator, and I've even talked to people at the Big Ten office that have said, you know, have not been able to articulate this. What is it that you can do with $80 million that you couldn't do with $54 million? Um, because you still can't directly pay the athletes. And while I think that's coming, and I, I, a lot of other people in this industry think that's coming, it's not coming next year. Um, it might yeah. not actually happen until the end of this deal. And Ohio State's definitely not going to sock away $40 million in a vault. So they can be ready just in case that happens later. They're going to spend that shit. So that 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 is that that is the 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 frustrating thing here for me. I don't think the Big Ten has ever been able, and I include Ohio State here, to really articulate how this massive television investment has fundamentally benefited athletes and benefited fans. Because what I see here is fans are going to have to pay more money, and athletes, especially athletes in US at USC and UCLA are going to have to travel a lot more. They're going to have to miss a lot more class time, and they're going to have to be in positions where they won't be able to compete athletically at their best. So I want to see somebody, and I, you know, if I ever get any of these guys on the phone again, I'm gonna. This is what I'll be asking about. What are what what what? Where is this money going to in a way that changes people? Off of that, does this money or do these deals make it more or less likely that the Big Ten expands to perhaps give USC and UCLA? some more reasonable travel partners. I mean, I don't know that they're going to add, you know, a bunch of other California schools, but at least something in the same time zone or, or at least a bordering time zone. It's possible to, you know, people have told me over the last hour that there, and I, I saw that McMurphy shared this too. Um, there are 40 did as well. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I mean, yeah, this is, it's not a secret. I think I know who they're both talking to um, <laughs> that there's, there's uh, there's escalator clauses in here, right? So if you add more teams, then the big 10 gets, gets more money. And there are reasons to potentially expand that are independent of just maximizing money. Like I, I've said, I've written about this before. It could be to maximize political power or administrative power. Uh, I, everyone I've talked to and all the leading analysts all seem to agree that M, that Notre Dame is not likely to join the Big Ten in the immediate short term future. And if they are, that has more to do with what happens to the college football playoff than anything that happens with NBC or this TV deal. Money on that front really isn't the object. Could 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 there be a situation where in nine months Big Ten takes a run at Washington, they take a run at Stanford? Um, could legal developments change and they make a run at somebody in the ACC? Yeah, um, I, I, John Wilner said earlier the, the, this morning, he's like, shit, they might take a run at Texas. Um, yeah. You know, which, which they tried to do before. We're in a league where Piscataway and Los Angeles are part of the same Midwestern Conference, and so like it, it's difficult me. for me to say like. I have to revisit all, all of my baseline assumptions. Yes, yeah. uh, the Big Ten office is communicating. They uh, they may not be done, and the schools the the what it, what the Big Ten footprint now means is anybody in the continental United States. Yeah, I mean they could go after Hawaii. I don't I don't, don't know that it has to be continental. I mean, yeah. Well, uh, I'll, I'll tease this. I'm going to Hawaii for a couple of days to, for some, for some stories uh, this fall to talk about in part exactly this. Um, not them joining joining the the Big Ten necessarily, oh, but, okay. but how they fit news. in with this. 
no, 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 no. But, 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 but I think Big Ted fans will be interested in what I have yeah. to say. What's on there? I mean, to me, Stanford would make a ton of sense as a Big Ten school because of the academics and the huge variety of Olympic sports that they have. But I don't know that they have any appetite for for changing. You would know far better than I would. But that would just make a ton of sense to me. Also make a great travel partner for UCLA, UCLA, USC, and then obviously potentially bringing in Washington or Oregon or something like that. But it'll be interesting to see. I, I, you know, I'm somebody who I actually think that these opportunities that uh, this new media rights deal could be interesting and exciting, but I'm very much like you in being concerned about what it means for the average fan. I, you know, because of my day job, I realize that everything is moving to streaming. So I'm not surprised by this. I, I think by the end of this deal, having to pay five bucks or 10 bucks a month for Peacock will feel a lot different than it does now because one, it could be rebundled and all of those things. But also, I just think streaming the onslaught of streaming is not going to to diminish at any time soon but um, i'm excited to see what this means for broadcasts and and opportunities to get the content in front of folks so i really really appreciate you running through all of this stuff and providing your deep and abiding knowledge of everything uh, college football business um, for the probably the minimal number of fans listening to this that don't already know where to find you and extra points where can they get your uh, truly indispensable content yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, uh, a while ago, I used to run this site. Yes, <laughs> uh, you, yes know, you, did. Uh, you know, uh, back back in the day, uh, I now work for D One Ticker. I write extra points, which covers the b- business, policy, and education issues within college athletics. Um, was just at Big Ten Volleyball Media Days, uh, doing a bunch of reporting on EA Sports College Football, on television money, realignment, all that stuff. You can find it at extrapointsmb.com or me on Twitter at Matt Brown EP. Thank you, as always, Matt. We appreciate your continued support of everything here at Land Grant Holy Land. And everybody, if you are finding this episode on our website, please make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast. You can follow us on Twitter at LandGrant33. You can find me at BWWMatt. Thanks again for listening. We'll talk to you soon. And as always, go Bucks.